My name is Glenn Wolf, one of the pastors here at City Church, and we are in Modern Family, a teaching series. We're in our final week, and we're looking at what God has to say about the family. We've looked at the man, we've looked at the woman, and today you're going to hear uh, from our kids pastor, Kristen Hayes, and our lead pastor, Eugene Smith, and, uh, and then just a little bit from me. And uh, when, it, when it comes to families, just a couple things I want to just highlight and reward, but we had two family uh, programs happen this weekend. The first one was JBQ. Uh, they were in a regional meet this weekend, and they placed fifth in regionals, and they're headed to nationals. Can we give them a huge hand? And if you don't know what JBQ is, it helps our, our kids learn the Bible. And then the second thing is we had our fine arts program. We had about 30 teenagers that went to fine arts festival where they get to deploy their gifts. And some of them are heading to nationals. Can we give them a huge hand and love on them? And, and so uh, what you're going to hear today, but we are, as we're, as we're building families, man, we're not alone. And there are some great programs that are here for your families to help them grow in God and grow in them together. And speaking of family, uh, I just want to tell you a little bit about mine. Uh, my wife and I have been married for six and a half years. She's incredible. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, and we have a little one. He's one and a half. His name is Ethan. And so my wife is fully, like fully Puerto Rican, like totally. And then I am, of course, I'm, of course, black. So, uh, you know, um, and uh, of course, I'm white and and so, um, and so we, we have a different culture that comes into our modern family as we're serving God and figuring out this life. And I have learned to appreciate the Spanish culture like nobody's business. And, and, and a couple of things that come up is uh, like, hey, well, what, you know, what is Ethan? That's our son's name. They're like, what is he going to call you? I'm like, well, he's going to call me Poppy. You know, what else? I mean, that just <laughs> makes sense, you know? And so, um, and so I just want to give you just a couple pictures real quick. But hold on, before you do it, I wanted, I just grabbed my, my camera. This is just a couple weeks ago, and I took some pictures uh, of our family. Because what I didn't want to show you was like the perfect photo that was on the right moment. And because and I think we can have this idea that like, you know, we can compare our reality to like somebody else's Instagram filtered thing. And I just want everybody to know. I know sometimes whoever gets on the stage, it's like immediately they may know something that we don't or whatever. And man, we are all in this thing together. And we're all figuring this thing out, and I'm so excited to hear even what we're going to talk about today. And even if you're not a parent or wherever, there are going to be some principles you're going to hear today that are going to help you. But I just want to show this first one. This is my beautiful bride, and I took this of her while she was in the kitchen. She was not very happy about it, but she looks beautiful there. I mean, you know, no makeup and all that stuff, and uh, she's, she's incredible. And uh, then my next one, uh, just, just a second, this is my son. This is the heir of everything I have, which isn't very much. And, uh, and he got into a fight with a cookie. Can we just show this? This was just a, maybe two weeks ago. And this is our parents. Can you relate to this? Anybody? You know what I'm talking about? You just want to, like, go out and just get the blower from outside and just blow out through your kitchen because it's just stuff everywhere, right? And so he starts, and in, in, in this kind of backstory is my wife and I, she was, like, feeding him some really healthy stuff. And then I, like, slipped him a Subway chocolate chip freshly baked cookie and that kid just went nuts he just turned into a ninja and the thing went flying and so uh, so that's our little guy and and uh that's incredible my back hurts literally as we speak right now because i picked him up so many times he's right at that stage and then lastly uh before we show this uh this is the uh the alpha male of the family this is the um uh, let's just show it. This is uh, the, the, the dad. There he is. Um, and uh, that is the scariest day, at least of this year, maybe my life, I'm not sure. But uh, that was when I had to go to the dentist uh, maybe about a month ago, and I had to get my crown, a crown on my 
on my tooth. And that was, anybody deadly scared of the dentist? I'm just, I'm like, for real, it's a serious thing. Like, I put on a comment card and everything on the prayer request. You know, I just said, I'm going to the dentist this weekend. And so uh, that's me. And uh, and so we're figuring this thing out together. And and uh, just, just a couple weeks ago, my wife and I, we were on an overdue date night. We try to do date night once a week. We try to do date night once a week. Come on, y'all you know what I'm talking about? And it uh, doesn't always happen. And, and so I, what we do is we do every other. So what that means is that I do the first week, she'll do the second week, I do the third week, she does the fourth week. So then, fellas, that means I only have to do two a month. I can wrap my brain around two a month. That means 24 a year, 480 over 10 years, and 960 over, is that right, over 20 years. So I just got it down. So I'm just trying to add them all up right now so I can get them all done and no. And so, uh, so I, I just, we decided to take a train. Uh, or if you've ever done that, you should. Uh, and I'm giving all the single guys, if you go on a date with somebody later or whatever, take the train, man. It's fun. It's good times. And uh, so we took the train over to the Cobb Theater downtown Orlando. And so it was fun. And, you know, they talk about you need to have more face-to-face time, that if you don't watch it in marriage, you end up going side to side everywhere you go, and you end up being more like business partners than lovers. And then your, org- your organization, your family becomes an organization in which your kids now are employees. Your wife is now a co-owner instead of this love relationship, right? And so a lot of people would say, man, you just need some face-to-face time. Can I tell you, train's a great way. Because if you're driving and you have a lot of face-to-face time, that's not good, okay? That's just get off the road, all right? Go go somewhere. And so so we, we got across each other, and we're there. And I'm taking inventory of how we're doing, right? Which is really kind of what I want to do today with all of us. Is, so I just kind of ask some questions. Hey, how are we doing? How, how is... How am I doing? How am I doing as a husband? And how am I doing as a dad? How are we doing as, as parents? How are we doing as pastors? How, how, is, how is everything going? And, and we came to the conclusion that probably most people feel today is we've just felt stretched and thin and overwhelmed. And, and, uh, and we, we found ourselves kind of obligated to too many things in our lives. And, and, and what we found ourselves was a quote that Dr. Covey, um, which he has a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective Families. I encourage you to, re- to get that if you want to dive more into how to have intentional families. But he said this, if we don't watch it, what's urgent will trump what's important. And if we don't watch it in life, busyness is going to take place. The problem isn't busyness. The problem is that when I don't know what's important, then what's urgent ends up becoming what's important and what's important never actually happens and so i end up having two years with my wife or five years with our kids or 10 years at our church or whatever and we have not even diagnosed what's important and because of that life hits us sickness hits us stuff will come up we transition a job and all of a sudden what was important is not now important anymore and now what's urgent has just am i speaking to the right crowd come on we all can relate with this and so my question that I want to look at, and Pastor Kristen's going to come and share in just a moment, is what should be important to us? And what are some values that we could do to raise a modern family God's way? That's our family. We can say what we want. That's our family. We can love who we want. We can kiss who we want. We can make who we want. Yeah, sippy cups and little bodies everywhere. Hands in the air like we don't care. Cause we already having so much fun now So we're gonna have another one now We already got a full home We can make room for one more Cause we already up all night Till we see the sunlight, alright 
to be. We like our babies dancing with Judy, doing whatever we want. This is our house. This is our rules. We can't stop. And we won't stop. Can't you see it's we who'll be up all night? Can't you see it's we who love this life? And we can't stop. And we won't Good morning. I'm Kristen Hayes. I'm the kids pastor here at City Church. And in case you don't know my family very well, my husband Doug and I, we have four amazing young kids, ages two, three, five, and seven. Thank you. <laughs> and no, we're not pregnant, in case some of you were wondering from that video. We're not making an announcement. But we are in this stage of life. We have sippy cups and diapers and toys everywhere. And we have all these little bodies running around our house and Sometimes they're not fully dressed. Our, our two-year-old is in this stage right now where he comes walking in the room and he's completely naked and he's not potty trained. And I'm like, where's your diaper? And he'll walk to the trash can and show me. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. But this is our life and we love it. But let's get real. Parenting is hard work. It is constant. It is demanding. It's exhausting. And it's definitely challenging. But it's also rewarding and so fulfilling. Amen. (laughs) And, you know, a a goal that my husband and I, we have a lot of goals for our kids. But there is one really important goal. We want our kids to grow up, to love Jesus with all of their hearts, to want to serve him every single day, and to go out and change the world around them, to really show God's love to every person that they come into contact with. Now, to raise them this way, we have to be intentional with what we do as parents. And that's day in and day out, everything we do, everything we say. We're thinking it through, and we're being really intentional with our kids. And one thing as parents that has to be priority to us is that we have to integrate our faith into every area of our life. We can't compartmentalize our faith. We can't say, oh, it's a Sunday morning thing, and then we put it on the shelf and keep it there all week long until we come back to church. It's got to be an everyday thing. And so today I'm going to share with you, this is for... Everyone, uh, husbands and wives, uh, you're doing this thing together for single parents who are doing, you feel like maybe you're doing it alone. This is for everybody. I'm going to share some values with you. And I'm going to share some personal stories, how it looks like in our home and and what we do with our kids. I'm going to share some scripture verses. So um, let's go ahead and get started. (laughs) The first one is lead by example. You may have heard the saying, it goes like this. Your kids can't hear what you're saying because what you're doing is speaking so loudly. Isn't this true? So to raise kids who love Jesus, we can't live a double life. Whatever we're telling them to do, whatever we're teaching them, we've got to be the ones to model it to them. Now, that doesn't mean that we're perfect, because that is not even possible. (laughs) There's no perfect parent out there. But what it does mean is that we're following Jesus every day of the week. So there's probably parents in this room who can relate to this. Once your kids get old enough to start talking and telling you things, they are the biggest ones to hold you accountable with what you do and say, right? My kids keep me in check all the time. And so I, I, really, I really see how, like, my actions speak way louder than my words, way louder than anything I'm really telling them to do. They're copying me. They're, they're imitating me, and they probably don't even realize it. They're just, it's a natural thing. And so how I act, how I respond to other people, how I show God's love or don't show God's love, it teaches them how they should act, how they should um, respond to others, how they should show God's love. So... I want to read a scripture verse to you. 1 Corinthians 11.1 says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. 
Our kids are going to follow our example, whether we like it or not. It's going to happen. And whether that's good or that's bad. And so we, we are the number one person in our child's life to influence them and the number one person that they're going to look up to. So we really need to be following Christ. And, and the best way that I have found to lead by example is by seeking God every single day. And so what that, what that looks like is that every day I'm spending time with him. I'm reading his word. I'm getting God's word into my heart, and it's changing my heart. And then I'm spending time in his presence, and so he's helping me to become more like him. And I'm praying, and I'm talking, and I'm, I'm sharing from my heart, and I'm laying down my weaknesses at his feet, and he's strengthening me in those areas. And in this whole process, what's happening is that he's transforming me on the inside. And as he does that, that impacts how I live on the outside and how I can really lead by a good example. So as parents, we have to make it priority in our lives to seek God and to put that relationship with Christ first so that we can be the parent that God wants us to be. So lead by example. The next one is take them along in the process. Kids are always processing things, right? They're always processing things. You might tell your child something one week, and then they come to you the next week, repeat it back to you in their own words, and you're like, yeah, I just I said that. They process. So we need to take them along in, that, along in the journey. And I love this, this passage from Deuteronomy 6. It says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down, and when you get up. As our kids are processing all kinds of things in life, have conversations. Talk about it with them. When you're at the breakfast table, when you're driving in the car, wherever you're at, talk about it with them. And, and talk about God's perspective on different matters and why we believe certain things and why we don't believe certain things and do it according to God's way, according to his word, because the fact is, culture is always changing. And what culture says is true, it, it changes from season to season, but God's word never changes. And he is the one who defines truth. So we need to be teaching our kids right from wrong and teaching it according to God's ways. So we're entering into a new season of parenting. I'm really enjoying it. Our oldest is going on eight. And she, um, she likes to watch the Disney Channel, but she'll tell you, I don't watch those babyish cartoons <laughs> And even though I have to tell you the other day I, wa- I caught her watching Mickey Mouse with her siblings, don't tell her I told you. <laughs> but she really is starting to get more interested in the older programming. And the way we do it in our house is we, um, we monitor everything our kids listen to and everything that they watch because we know that anything can influence our kids. And while they're young, we're going to set the right parameters around them so that um, not just any outside voice is going to come in and contradict what we are teaching them, what our values are. And so she wanted to watch the show, and I was like, okay, let's check it out. And I was paying attention as she was watching it. It was between two sisters, the the show. And um, one of the girls was really talking down to her sister and just really putting her down, talking negative, coming at at her really kind of harshly. And I didn't like it. I didn't think it was right. And knowing my child, she struggles with how she interacts with her siblings. She thinks she's the boss. She's the oldest. and, And they're all babies, and she wants to rule over them. So... I knew this probably wasn't really a good one for her to watch. And um, so instead of telling her to turn it off, I took that as an opportunity to help her process it because she needs to be able to understand things and, and why we decide certain things. So I sat down next to her on the couch, and I was like, hey, you know how this girl is talking to her sister? 
you, you see how she's um, kind of talking like down to her. Do you think that makes her sister feel good? Do you, do you think that's the right way to talk to someone? And she's like, no, it's not really nice. And I was like, how do you think the sister feels? And she's like, probably not good. And I'm like, well, what does Jesus say about how we should treat other people? And she's like, well, we need to treat other people nicely. I said, well, what if you talked that way to your little sister? How would Mackenzie feel? She's like, well, not really good. And so we were having a conversation about it, and I was helping her process it. And what happened in that whole situation was she ended up getting up and on her own says, I don't want to watch it anymore, and, and turned the TV off. Now I was like, yes, woohoo! But I kept it together. <laughs> I was well composed on the outside, and I was like, you know, I'm proud of you. That was a good job. That was a good choice. And in an age where I know that my child needs guidance, especially with treat, how she treats other people and especially her siblings, I was able to take her along in the process, help her to understand what she's viewing and how it affects her, how it plays into our lives and, and weighing it out. And that's so important for us as parents to do because as your kids get older, the parameters start loosening up a little bit and they're starting to go out on their own. They're starting to make decisions on their own and they need to learn from the, the youngest age possible how to really think through things. And, I mean, the fact of the matter is, as parents, we're not going to always be there. One day our kids are going to be out on their own, and they're going to be faced with some hard choices. And for my kids, I want them to be able to know right from wrong. I want them to weigh it out, and I want them to make good choices. And I want them to follow God's ways. So take them along in the process. The next one is teach God's word. I want my kids to develop a love for God's word. Why? Let me read this verse to you. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I want my kids to be equipped to do every good work that God has for them. I want them to know what is true and to turn away from what is wrong. And by teaching them that and teaching them according to God's ways, I, um, I'm going to help them to be saved from a lifetime of heartache. And um, we use God's word, the, the Bible, as the authority in our home. And so when we're trying to teach our kids something important, teach a lesson or a value, we open up his word and we show them scripture verses. And we're like, hey, take a look at this. Let's see what God's word says and, and let's read the scripture together. And we'll have the kids read it or we'll read it out loud to them. And we'll say, hey, this thing goes way beyond what mommy and daddy say is right. This is what God says and this is good. This is for our good. And so we show it to them. So an example, uh, just a personal story, Michaela and Shay, they're our two oldest. And they're less than two years apart, and they are always getting into it. They are fighting, arguing, uh, tattling. I mean, it's, it's a constant battle in our house. And so one morning I was reading a verse, and, and I was reading the Bible, and this verse jumped out at me. And I was like, man, i got to share it with these two. So later in the morning we're driving to school, and we're at a red light, and I say, hey, guys, I want, I want to read a verse to you. Check this out. I really want, I think God wants you to hear this verse. Let's talk about it. So it's 1 Peter 3, 9. It says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessings because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. So this verse sparked a three-way conversation among us. And we talked about what does insult mean? What does blessing mean? And if someone's being mean to us, treating us harshly, we're not to go and try to get back at them. That's not how we're supposed to live. We're supposed to show love and kindness and, and be a blessing because we're called to do that. And we want to inherit God's blessings. So um, it was really neat because when, we were, when I was sharing this verse and we were talking about it, they were completely engaged. They were completely attentive and, and a part of the conversation. 
And what happened between them, their hearts were completely softened towards one another. And they were enjoying each other's company. I was like, whoo, this is awesome. <laughs> and, and so God's word, I mean, as the authority, it's so important to teach our kids to go to the Bible and, and to know what it says and to live by it. But don't just tell them. Show them how it applies to their life. Make it come alive to them in their everyday situations. The next one is eat together. Research shows that children who have dinner with their parents are less likely to drink smoke, do drugs, get pregnant, become depressed, or develop eating disorders. They also do better socially, academically, and spiritually. Why is this? Because a family meal is much more than just eating together. This is your time to communicate, to connect, to mentor, to disciple. So at our home, we try to do dinner um, together every single night. And I I love it. It's a little crazy, but um, we have a goal in mind. And Paul shares in Colossians 2.2, he's speaking about other believers My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. That's my goal for my kids, for my family. I want us to be so bonded in love and to be able to encourage one another. When we're sitting down at the dinner table, I tell them, hey, look around this table. Look at every person at this table. These are the people that you are going to be able to count on every day for the rest of your life, that we're going to be the ones that are closest to you. And so bonding takes place. Let me just paint you a little picture, though, of what it looks like in my house. So remember, I have two, three, five, and seven. We all sit down, and it's a little crazy. Our two-year-old, he loves to chuck his food across the table. And so his food often ends up on someone else's plate. One time he had broccoli end up in his brother's cup. And, and I remember our, the, my other boy, he's like, he looks at it and goes, ew, and then he starts drinking it. I mean, that's what it looks like. We have another one jumping up and down and running to the bathroom. I got to go. I got to go. And we're like, in the middle of dinner? Really? So our, our dinner time is, it's loud. It's messy. From the outside looking in, it probably looks chaotic. You might second-guess wanting to have a meal with us. (laughs) But we're training them, and we're working on it every day. But there's this one moment that happens around our dinner table every single night where everybody sits still, and they are all in. They are listening, and they are excited to be there. It's the moment that we say to them, hey, guys, let's go around the table and give our highs and lows for the day. And so what this means is that every single child gets the full attention of everybody else. The complete focus is on them, and they get to share their highs. Hey, what's the best thing that happened to you today? And they get to share their low. What didn't go so well for you today? And everyone, everybody, Doug and myself and all of our kids, we love this time together because here's a moment where we get to listen in on each other's day when we weren't there together. And um, the kids love sharing. They love talking and being in the limelight, but they also love listening. And doing the highs and lows, as parents, it allows us to, to impart little um, nuggets of encouragement or truth into situations where we weren't around for, and we get to be a part of that growth for them. And I know for some of you, because of work or school schedules, um, coming together and eating every night at dinner isn't possible. But it doesn't have to be dinner, and it doesn't have to be every night. Find what works for your family and then make it priority. Create this connecting, memorable moment for your family. Next up is pray together. Prayer prayer is a vital part of your kids growing up to love Jesus. (laughs) And as parents, we need to be praying for our kids. That is so important. We also need to be praying with them. So in our house, we pray about everything. I mean everything. We pray about boo-boos. We pray over our unsaved loved ones, over someone who it might be sick. Um, if, If a child's a little bit nervous and anxious about something, we're praying over that. We're praying at bedtime. We're praying um, on the way to school. I mean, we're just praying. And 
Philippians 4, 6 or 7 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I want my kids to experience God's peace in their lives. And I want this peace to guard their hearts and their minds as they live for him. So prayer is important in our home, but Doug and I, we're not the ones that's doing all the praying. Our kids are learning to pray. We're, we're taking turns at bedtime or at the dinner table, and we're allowing them to pray out loud in front of each other. And even our two-year-old is praying. And I love more than anything else when I hear him say Jesus. And it's just so beautiful coming out of his little mouth as he's learning to form words. And um, It's really simple to do. You can model it for them. Let them hear you pray. Show them how it's done. Maybe they can repeat after you. If they're not confident doing it on their own, they can repeat prayers after you, and you can help them in that learning process. And, and just show them, hey, it's, it's simply having a conversation with Jesus. He is always there. Use your words. Like, just, just talk in your own language. It's not a fancy language. Just talk to him like you would talk to anybody else. And then, most importantly, show them and teach them that God is always accessible and always available for them anytime they want to talk to him. So pray together. Last one is ask for wisdom. As with parents, let's admit it, we don't have it all figured out. So when I'm thinking about parenting with the end in mind, who I want my kids to become, I know I can't do it on my own. If you're a single parent in here, you can't do it on your own. If you're a married couple, you can't do it on your own. And guess what? We don't have to. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Ask for wisdom. God will give it to you generously. He is not a stingy God. He is going to give you what you need to get the job done. He's going to be there to help you. There are so many times where we're dealing with a challenging behavior of one of our kids, and we try different things, and we don't know what else to do. Nothing seems to work. And we pray. We ask God for wisdom. And the Holy Spirit, he gives us new insight or a fresh perspective for what our child needs. And so it's, it's asking for wisdom. And, and if your goal is to raise kids who love the Lord and want to serve him, he's going to show you how to do that. So those are just a few things that we do in our home. And I, there's so many more I wish I could share with you. Um, but let me just say, if you are married, it's really important to do this thing together, to be on the same page, to pray together for your kids, and, and to make that commitment together every day to to parent with intentional, um, doing it intentionally with your kids. And if you are a single parent, you aren't alone. I know there's days where it probably feels so hard and you might feel alone, but God will give you the power. He will give you the strength to do it. And you're not alone. You can be a part of a bigger family right here. And we're we're here to support you and help you through it. And I just want to end with asking you guys a question. What is something that you can do this week in your home to be intentional about your parenting. Maybe there's something that I said, maybe there's been something that sparked inside of you that you can implement this very week. Happy beans. Good. How's your dog? Good. How's college going? Good. All hunky dory? Yep. You going out tonight? Yep. You gonna see your friends? Yep. You gonna have a good catch up? Yep. That should be great. Yep. Nothing. You're not seeing your mates? No. You're just staying at home. Yep. 
been a parent of teens a little bit of truth there you know so we had pastor glenn start uh talking about um him and his family and little baby ethan and pastor Kristen kind of representing you know the, the the family with four kids pastor glenn is i can tell you one kid is um you know you think it's challenging when you got one but then you got two it gets a little I never had four. My mom had five. I do know uh, that was some interesting seasons in our life. But, you know, Pastor Kristen asked the question, what is something you can do this week? What is something you can do this week? And, you know, we as a, as a church family, we're committed. We're committed to you and your family. And we're committed to helping you raise champions for God. It's the heart of God. It's why City Church was started. Our, our very mission from the very beginning was to reach the next generation. You know, one of the ways that it happened in my life is that when I got saved, I decided the kind of life I wanted to live. I knew the kind of life that I didn't want to live. One of the ways that you succeed in life is you start with the end in mind. What do you want your life to look like? I knew that I wanted my life to look like a Christ follower. I didn't know all that that meant, but I knew that I wanted the things that God wanted for me. I made that decision to follow Jesus. That was the best and the greatest decision I've ever made in my life. And when you make that decision, it helps you decide some of the things that you don't want to do. What I knew I didn't want to do, I knew I didn't want to experience divorce. I knew that. I had experienced the pain of my parents and the brokenness of a family. I knew I didn't want my kids to grow up in a single family home. I knew that. I remember my mom trying, at one point she had four of us and she hadn't had the fifth child yet. My dad had left home, and it was so hard. I knew that I didn't want that for my kids. I knew that I didn't want to go through financial ruin and financial failure. Here's the deal. So many people think life is luck. They just think kind of you just luck through life and things happen good or bad, and you got no control. And I'm like, that's stupid. Life isn't luck. Life is about living, living the will of God for you and your generation. And when you start living the will of God, it takes luck out of the equation. Because you know that God is at work in your life. And life isn't always easy, but with God, life is always good. Because we have a good God. So I made some decisions about my life. About the kind of life that I wanted to live for me and my family. I look out across this room today, and, and man, there are people, you've made some decisions in life, and maybe they weren't the best. But here's the deal, guys. We get a decision today to determine to follow Christ. We get a decision today to make Christ the center of our home. If you took what Pastor Christian just said, if you're a young family and you didn't listen to that, I can tell you, if you listen to that and you apply it, your life, it won't necessarily be perfect because there's no perfect people, but there's great purpose in life serving Jesus. And when you serve the purpose of God, the Bible says His kingdom is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. The world is full of chaos, full of hatred, full of addiction, full of brokenness. God's kingdom is full of life. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. And that's the heart of God for you and for your family. 
I have uh, a picture here of my family. I don't know if you guys have showed that yet or not, but let's put that up real quick. And We're going to work on There we go. Those my two boys. Come on. And that's uh, Kenan's graduation from high school a couple years ago. And, you know, I look at that picture, and I thought, you know, Pastor Glenn talked about uh, sometimes a family can be like a business partnership. I thought, you know, in my, in my family, many times, my wife and I planting churches. It's the second church that we planted and, and from the ground up and all the things that we've gone through in ministry and life. And, but really, the life is about doing it face to face. And there's something that happens when you connect with your kids. I haven't been perfect dad. I've got to tell you, I could, my boys could tell you that. But I've stayed connected with them. I've kept them close to me. And we've had a purpose and a mission. We've had a life verse, a life verse. Bible verse that my wife and I have lived our whole life. You know what that life verse is? Psalms 2.8. Ask of me, and I will give the nations as an inheritance for you. Because I know that the only thing in my life, the only thing that will add, add long-term value in my life is living God's purpose and living out for His king, live my life for His kingdom. I want people. I want people to know Jesus. It's the will of God. I want my boys. I want my family. To be healthy. We, we have a purpose statement that we say around here all the time. And, and it really is the end game. It goes like this. I want to be healthy, happy, holy, humble, faith-filled, fun-loving families serving Jesus in their generation. That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for your family. And here's the deal, guys. I didn't do this. My wife and I didn't do this on our, on our own. We had a family. We had a Christian family. We have been committed to the local church. The day I got saved, the day I gave my life to Christ, I was committed to one local church. Then God called me to start a church, and I was committed to that church. In every stage of my life that I've been, I've been committed to the local church and to the kingdom of God. And if you want to have a better life, you want to have a blessed life, you're better together. You know, I think of the impact that Pastor Glenn has had on my boys. I think of the the Sunday school teachers. I think of the the deacons that are in our church here. I think of the the members of the body of Christ and the impact that you guys have had in my family. We're just better together. We do life better together. And you need a church family to be part of it. And this is a great one. And a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about this service, we felt like we needed to pray as a leadership team. We needed to pray for you and your family. And that's really what I want before this service is finished. I want every person that wants prayer today for you and for your family. If you're a grandparent today, and maybe your child child's far from God. Maybe your child's far from God. We want to pray for you today to believe that God can touch their heart. Listen, I was far from God at one time, and someone prayed for me. We want to pray for you today. You're a single mom here today. I challenge you. Don't leave this place until someone, one of the leaders here, one of the deacons or one of the ministry leaders here prays for you. You're a married couple today. We're going to pray for you. And the way that this is going to happen, in just a moment, we're all going to stand. And we've made a little room here in the altars. And if you're one of the ministry leaders or deacons that have been asked to come, we want you to come. Not everybody's going to be able to, to be able to come to the front. And so we're going to ask those of you that can't make it to the front, just step out of your seat. In just a moment, we all stand. Step out of your seat and just begin to line up in the aisles. And one of our ministry leaders and one of the deacons here, one of the deacons is going to pray for you and for your family. And we're going to pray God's blessing. We're going to pray God's grace. We're going to pray God's strength. See, God's done his part today. God has done his part. God's given his son, Jesus. God's given us grace. We can't do this without his grace. God has given us his love. 
God's given us every good and perfect gift. Everything we have need of to live the blessed life, God's provided for us. And I want you to know today we're here for you. And we want to pray for you. We want to pray for your family. Because we believe today that prayer changes things. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer avails much. It changes our lives. It heals our hearts. It gives us encouragement when we're weak. And so we're all going to stand together right now. And I'm going to ask the deacons or the leaders, ministry leaders, to come. those that have been asked, I want you to come to the front. If you weren't asked, if you're one of the ministry leaders here, I want you just to begin to make your way down to the front. And if you're here today and you want prayer for your family, maybe maybe your spouse isn't here, that's okay. Maybe you're a single mom, man. We're, we definitely want to pray for your grandparent. We want to pray for you today. But if you want prayer this morning, you can make your way to the front. I just want you to begin to come down right now. Come on, I don't, we're not, this is not like a long drawn altar call. But I want you just to come. You want prayer for you and your families. Keith, I need you to come over. Randy, I need you to come down here to pray with some people. If you're not able to, as the front fills up, you can just stand in the aisle. One of our leaders is going to pray. Michael, I need you and Lord to pray. I need you guys to pray. Come on, I need you guys to help me to pray for people. We're going to sing His healing is here. We're going to sing it softly. But you're here this morning to receive prayer. Just stay right, just hang on. It's going to take just a few minutes to go through this this morning. Marcus, if you can come over here, I got a couple right down here in the front. Hey guys, if you could just look and see if you could find someone. Okay, there's there's people right here that you can find. Thank you, Jesus. Healing is here. Healing is here. 